0: This podcast is a Pardes Bible Raps co-production, written and performed by Bible Raps. For more online learning, visit www.elmaad.pardes.org. To my
1: left. To your left. To I'm fasting. And you're a rapper, F. F. rapper or a rabba? This is now bone
0: of my bones and flesh of my flesh. I'm a rabba.
1: Rabbi Adam, what's the Torah jump off? Jump, 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 jump off, jump, jump off. What's the Torah
2: jump off? Grace feet. Genesis, chapter 12. So God speaks to Abraham and says, Go for you well, from your land.
3: That's a loaded translation already. How <laughs> are gonna that, you going to say, You can't. Everybody has a different read. Go to yourself, go for yourself, go by yourself, go for your own purposes,
1: go you yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you hear it in Hebrew, does it, it make make right <laughs> does it make does sense? Does it make sense? Does it make sense? No, all no. of those are
2: Or is bad. it it's ambiguous? Is, it is an interesting term. Uh-huh. And that's why it's called <laughs> lechachah. <laughs> and it comes up a couple times, actually. But God says to Avram, go, you yourself from your land, from your birthplace, and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. The interesting thing is that this kind of jumps into the story, God speaking to Avram, and we want to know where did Avram come from, what did Avram do to merit or deserve uh, God speaking to him, or why did God choose to speak to to Avram,
1: mm-hmm. he's seventy-five years old at this point. We seventy-five years old. We don't have much background information about him. Minimal background.
0: Although we should mention, I think that he's already—they're already on a journey. He already mm-hmm. leaves with with Tara. I mean, they've already left their houses, so it's mm-hmm. sort of an interesting thing to think about, like how we continue a journey that we started with a family and then leave them.
1: And on and on a journey to Canaan, Tara was the witch's. Kind of where God's like, Yes, you should go. I'll show you a land, I'll take you to a land where I will show you, which happens to be where you were going already, kind of where you and your father were going. And also, maybe his father was tuned in to, you know, the journey to Canaan if he was heading out of all places to Israel. Daddy, I remember when your idols gave me splinters. You said the gods were angry to be handled by beginners. But then you went and said that they were jealous of the winners. This is temporary work. We leave for Canaan after winter.
3: Going back to this idea of
1: what Abraham felt in his father's idol shop, right? I see you making gods as a candle melts. I wake up in the morning, 40 idols on the mantel shelves. Abraham felt in his father's idol shop,
3: right? which isn't really explored by the text of the Torah at all, but is very present in the mind of the rabbis, is essentially the rabbis trying to figure out what was going on with Abraham. Why was he, Why? what did he do to have God call out to him, and what was happening in his world previous to this? Because as the dham just said, this just comes out of nowhere. So the Midrash, and the Midrash we're talking about is uh,
2: from Midrash Rabbah of Bereshit, um, and it also appears in uh, Times of Eliyahu and in uh, Eliyahu Zuta. But it, it, the Midrash tells the story of Avraham who is put in charge of his father Terach's idol shop. And it tells the story of all the different kind of people who come through the shop and he's trying to um, convince them that all of these idols are actually worthless. And you know, and the story ends up with Avraham smashing all the idols and putting them the baseball bat, as it were, in uh, the hands of the largest idol and and saying, oh, he did it, to which the obvious response is, well, that's crazy, he can't do that, he's an idol, and this Midrash kind of shows us, well, this might be why Avram was chosen, because Avram is able to see the same reality that everyone else is seeing, but he's able to see beyond it, and he's able to kind of take what's given to him. Perceive the world around him, but not take uh, all the assumptions of the culture surrounding him for granted. He questions them, and he's able through his own uh, reasoning, through his own reasoning, and through his own perhaps meditation on the world, uh, he's able to come to an understanding of Hashem, where no one around him is able to see that same thing.
0: Yeah, I think that this is like a theme for Abraham that like he has a deeply intuitive sense. Yeah. We're gonna see it happen like repeatedly throughout his life that he has some sort of deep moral compass that is different than
1: those around him. Sort of deep moral compass that is different Why is why is why does that have to do with morality? One would I understand like an intellectual intuition, but why um having a relationship with an idol. Stone ones, jade, bronze and even rubies too. Each got displayed, another one to see through. Intuition. But why um, having a relationship with an idol as the divine versus whatever Abraham's on Absolutely. is a moral distinction. So we,
2: um, we spoke about this actually back in our conversation in Brasheek, but this connection between morality and monotheism. And uh, Ethan, you brought it up. Right. On
3: this your words. Right. This is why, I mean, it's not my words, I'm pretty sure it's Tick for um, but writes about how monotheism perhaps inherently involves a greater sense of morality and ethics because anything that happens is just between me and God. There are no other gods that are interacting. Whereas if you're in a polytheistic or an idolatrous system, and something bad happens to you or something good, you just collateral damage in the wars between Hephaestus and Demeter or whatever. They didn't actually have wars those two, but whatever. Like and He's putting that baseball bat. Hands answer the baseball. Is, is right, he did it. right. It has nothing right. to do with right. me. Right. But if there's only one God, then everything that happens to me perhaps is a direct reaction to my relationship to that God. Mm -hmm. And therefore, my actions actually do matter in a very real way because there's only one God looking out. And it takes a very uh,
2: in-tune moral soul to be able to find that moral God.
3: It's also interesting, though, the other question is, does it matter, would it have mattered if he hadn't smashed the idols? If he had just been like a guy sitting on a rock intuiting monotheism in his heart and doing nothing about it, would God still have called Lech Lecha, or do we need, I mean it's Midrashic, it's not in the Torah, but do we need the smashing of the idols and the trying to prove it to other people in order for God to call it Lech Lecha? I think it's like a step
0: forward from a kind of religious experience that is between you and God to a religious experience that, that I refuse for that to remain just between In God. I actually am about broadening that and widening my circle. And so you constantly see Abraham Abraham widening his relationships.
2: Yeah, I I think the.
1: So, smashing the idols was a compassionate look, is what you mean. Came out of compassion. Pedagogic. Okay, yeah, okay. Um,
2: But I think the, the call to morality that Abraham feels that leads him to leave his home in the first place that leads him to God and that leads him to merit God calling him is the same call that can't that, that denies him the ability to sit on his own rock and be with God mm-hmm. the, the call to morality is the call to action and Abraham does that I mean we, we see and I think maybe there's a little bit of a, of a precedent for this Midrash in the Shukin that we see Abraham leaving before God tells him go The same way that that we see Abraham kind of acting on behalf of God, and we see him taking action. And that's what, before he,
1: God has talked to him. So you see him taking action
2: before God has talked to him. Uh Which is, kind of he's already in motion, because that's who he is in his soul. Abraham, for whatever reason, was already on
0: his way there, before, had to reach a certain level before God would sort of appear him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because this goes back to what we were talking about before we started recording, which is, is there anyone who's not in motion? There's an interesting line for both of the people who come in that they, they use this word, Khmoti. I'm looking for a God who is like me. Give me a God like me. Ooh. And I wonder about that.
1: That's what they say? In yeah. yeah. Well, at least yeah.
0: this version of the Midrash says, like, Taymi Aloha Gibor kmoti." Like, give me a God who is a champion hero like me. And the wow. woman asked, and she says, give me a God, tell me aloha ni kumoti, give me a God who's like poor and sort of lowly like me, Love. which is also, by the way, fascinating. To think about like, if I'm poor, I want a God who's poor, if I'm a big, strong hero. I want a God who's, what does it mean to want a God who's mm-hmm. like me? And Abraham being the antithesis of that, being like, give me a God that I can't see or that I can't
3: know, or not that I can't know, but that I have to work hard to have a relationship with. That's, that's like, that's, you know, it's an interesting,
0: or, or not even that. Like, I'm looking for something bigger than me, right. and then God says, oh, once you're looking for something bigger than you, here, hi, here, right, I am. Right, right. right which I think is beyond me. Versus and they're like, very focused on that. You know? Interesting. Like, let, let it be like someone like me. And and that is so real about how we just move in the world. I think it's very real. Very human. You know? Like, I'm looking for people who are like me. I'm looking for things I understand. I'm looking for things to, like, break down as my little human. And Abraham breaks out of that all and is like, are you kidding? We're so limited. I definitely want someone who's not like me.
4: Or I want a relationship with someone bigger than me.
3: What? It's
4: I, I What I like about what you're saying, Yafa, is that um, I think it's very easy when talking about uh, idolatry, particularly in the ancient world in Torah. We're like, oh, yeah, statutes. That's bad. We don't use statues, so we're like not idolaters. But what you're saying is it's much more subtle and what I really like about it, which is that, de- you know, a defining principle of a potentially idolatrous relationship with God, even a monotheistic God, is what in what way are you constraining the God that you have a relationship with through your own ego parameters? Right. Yeah. So, right. we, I mean, we're all, like, in what ways of, in my worship do I think God is like me? Oh, I'm, I am this. I believe in this value and that value, and you know, this. so God, God is like this, you know. So I think that that's work that we can be doing with, with right. con- to, to continue to smash idols because I think what you, right. what, what Ethan was bringing up is that it's actually. I think there's actually. I mean Abraham, where I think you said it wasn't pedagogic or it wasn't. Some, I forget what the word was, but the word that kept coming up to me is like. It's an expression of pathos mm. and passion. Like Abraham is going in. I mean, think about the physical embodied act of smashing a store full right. of idols. Think right. about. I mean, it's like agitprop, and it's like a conceptual art piece that's basically meant to. Sh- it's like an
1: actual right. art piece. That's right. like because it's not
3: just it's not just black block anarchism.
4: That's like I'm just going to go smash the McDonald's. It's like I'm going to smash the store of idols and then put the bat in the biggest idol's hand to give this aesthetic kind of almost Dada-esque shock at the end that kind of leads to this new awareness of of, of, what, of what the constraints of what was transpiring in the, in the, in the spiritual practice of the, of
1: the idol worship
3: eating mm-hmm. curleseed
1: mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen make some Torah love
3: noise
1: No, but it's true. It's like it's almost like I don't know how I don't know how old Abraham was in the Midrash, but it feels like it's like that is something I would do when I was a teenager.
4: That's like I am gonna go smash my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like to prove this point of how hollow everything that their that their world that they think is functioning and. Well, you know, right. airtight and this, and they've got right. all the equations figured out, and they have their right. transactions with the universe, and this is what justice is, and this is how it looks like. Yeah. guillotine yeah. smash idols, and it's like, would we even like an
1: Abraham in our midst? You know, and <laughs> and like, also what how does an Abraham function in you, relation? What you were talking about, right, about like you know having a mm-hmm. even monotheist. Yeah all of us have I made an make, make an idol out of God love. you can't right. like, you objectify God and you relate to him in your brain. Right. in some capacity. And so just even the like your your album where it's this concentration on you know the 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 divine feminine, the right. Shakina. Yeah. And you know, where i my relationship with God is if if it's like is male. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's really and so, just how to like, where are these spaces that kind of? What are the works of art that knock against these kind of almost ubiquitous um, or commonplace idols of our Jewish society or of our uh, world, where everybody just I think coming up, you just it's, and all the prayer books, it's he and all the prayer, you know and all the and all the doors and Is He that you come up with so then by the time you, you realize like I can say to myself of course Hashem is bigger than anything I can comprehend it but when I'm, ha- when I'm praying to God it's a dude I mean it's, it's awesome. you know what I mean and so like then to be smacked against it with like you know your words where it's like oh God is a woman God's feminine but it's like oh that's that's a good kind of way of smashing that idol of smashing idols around you know the I don't have in our brain when we conceptualize. Hashem. Learned or I learned or I learned or I learned the from alphabet to sentences to passages to pages with phrases from sages a oh, baby. Learned I learned I baby I'll be there for
3: you.
0: Thank you for listening to this Pardes Bible Raps co-production, written and performed by Bible Raps. For more online learning, visit www.lmad.pardes.org.